Over at the other side, Harvey is learning about the Great Depression, seemingly enjoying the story and the time period, surprised at why it was called the Great Depression. <laughs> it was called the Bloody Depression because people were fucked. I guess Mr. Berry's telling it in, in a light-hearted way. Yeah. People literally threw themselves out of buildings when it happened. At least it means that anything sad and depressing sounds fun to Harvey. Maybe it's a deeper meaning going into it. Or, or maybe if you look at the past in a negative light, you're always going to see it negatively. If you focus on the positives, you'll lead a happier life. Or Mr. Berry bought shares in road sweepers. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a great time with the depression. <laughs> And welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three vibrant and voluptuous gentlemen review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, throughout this episode uh, will be me, Phil Dean, the voice of reason, the voice of adventure, kind of. Um, so I will be guiding you round. My name is Phil. Uh, to my right, as always, is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Are you excited about talking about another hilarious episode? Episode of Sabrina the Teenage Watch. I am always excited to talk about Sabrina. Excellent. <laughs> and you couldn't sound more true. Uh, to my left is another friend of mine, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm not too bad either. Good. Uh, are you excited for talking about this episode? I am. It's got old people in it. <laughs> yes. And what are old people normally? Boring. And incontinent. And great <laughs> and slightly racist is what oh, i'm right. trying to say there is a little racist jab in that but it's the 1990s so i'm surprised we haven't seen more of it um so we're up to episode what? 18 boys more incontinence <laughs> everybody was incontinent so we're up to episode... it was the decade that bladder control forgot <laughs> <laughs> so we're up to episode 18 boys sweet charity this was a bit of a difficult one to kind of describe adopting grandparents and libby not being being Libby and being Libby, and it, it was a. It sounded like a very complicated episode, but would you say it was? It was a, a difficult one to get your head around. Not really. It's just your standard magical hijinks. Yes, and I think it's worth pointing out this episode is probably one of the first, apart from Terrible Things, which is episode four. But this is one of the first episodes, I think, where Sabrina has used her magic to help others, and she's got hurt a bit in the process. Yeah. She's kind of put her friends first in this episode. Which, which goes to show, gents, that uh, if you try and do something nice for someone, you get kicked in the balls. Yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bother. Just be selfish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that, I know and we get worked up every time we talk about Sabrina being selfish, but maybe it's the way she should go from now on. Yeah. So this is, yeah, if the uh, synopsis of this episode is that Sabrina transforms herself into Libby to make Jenny's adopt-a-grandparent scheme cool. However, the real Libby soon starts coming and takes away Sabrina's favourite old lady. Oh. It's uh, it's a common issue with teenagers uh, of our generation, what? boys. Stealing grandparents. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I, yeah I, 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 all my grandparents were stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever find them? Yeah, but they were on bricks. <laughs> As you can see, me and Chris are laughing, but, but Graham isn't because this no. is a true story. <clears throat> okay, well, should we? Was what? this a epi- difficult episode to uh, to talk to? Uh, let's just move on. 
<laughs> so, in uh, in the words of Graham, we are indeed going to move on. So, this is episode 18. And uh, when I was watching this before you guys did, I did uh, message you saying that this episode has the greatest opening to any episode we've watched so far, perhaps will ever watch. Those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would the common sense for it do? Hairball Hairball it opens up with Salem fucking singing like... Sinatra. Sinatra, yeah. Just like with a trilby. Trilby, he's got a collar with a tie on it. Yeah. And he's... What a voice! Yeah, Nick Bakai's quite the crooner. Oh, it, it's fabulous. I, I, I was just very, very happy to see... Yeah. Oh. To see some solo Salem time. Yeah. yeah. Where he's yeah. not part of an ensemble. Yeah. 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 And not sort of just... In the background, you well, know? he is part of an ensemble, Chris. The Cat Pack. <laughs> Fuck it out. Oh, Jesus. You might, you might think I was trying to laugh then, but I was actually trying to catch my breath because that was horrendous. That's how you sound every time. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, it's... Um, see, I don't hear my voice like that when I'm editing these shows. Um, now I've heard it for myself. Yeah, I'm, I really should wind at that inch, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I did it to teach you a lesson. Not, not, not to try and be funny. <laughs> So indeed, Salem is acting like a member of the Cat Pack, as Graham says, uh, crooning, singing a song about witchcraft. It's the best way to open a scene, I think, just Salem wearing clothes and singing. It's lovely. Um, so, so <laughs> if, you, if you was in a car as well, that would be the only oh, way to do Is it me or is there nothing funnier than watching pets wear outfits? It's great, isn't it? it? Is, yeah, it's great. You've oh, all seen Superdog, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing actually better than um, pets wearing clothes is pets spitting mouthwash out. <laughs> I think that's, that's been my... And riding a car. I think yeah. they're my high points of Salem so far. Um, you'll be pleased to know in the next episode uh, there's a lot more Salem as well. Oh, oh good. So this, uh, the episode pretty much uh, revolves around Salem, so that'll be good to look forward to. But that's episode 19. This is episode 18, let's continue. Um, so, being um, sort of amazed and bewildered by Salem's voice, Sabrina, Zelda and Hilda barge in to listen to it up closer, only for Salem to choke on a furball. Just like the real Sinatra. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Dean Martin didn't know where to look. No. But, uh, no. Yeah. I've just realised something, chaps, that we haven't drawn attention to. What? Uh, Salem is actually singing in the mirror in Sabrina's room, and they all burst in to Sabrina's room. Why was Salem in Sabrina's room singing in the mirror alone with the door closed. It would have been a bit weird for just Salem just to stare at us singing. I think that would have been a bit intimidating, I think. <laughs> so, but, uh, I mean, what were you hinting at? Maybe it's it's a Through the Looking Glass casting back at um, no, I'm, a few I'm, episodes ago? I'm thinking they didn't have enough... Uh... Enough sets erect at the <laughs> yeah. time, and just ah, oh, we'll just shove, a, shove him in Sabrina's room. That's fine. That yeah. is where he lives, so that's supposed to be where he sleeps. So, but why? Why is he got his own room? He sung in front of a mirror when he was singing. Uh, he sung Whammy Fanny, didn't he? In front of the mirror as well. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe he just gets off on looking at himself do cool human stuff. Maybe I, he misses it. Yeah. I'm sure he does. Mate, yeah. Oh, a really happy scene, and we've well. We're leaving it feeling quite sad. Sorry, guys. Maybe he tried to take over the world because his singing career didn't work out and he was bitter. Boys, I'll tell you what will uh, will really 
uh, bring our spirits back up from this low point we found ourselves in. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart looking really awkward at the camera. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, laugh a lot about these... Well, we don't laugh, actually. We sort of grimace and despair at these um, these mirror uh, gags because they're usually very lame, very irrelevant to the episode. This one is irrelevant to the episode. She's wearing a safari suit and she says safari so goody, which by the standards of these scenes is a good joke. <laughs> yeah. But what really made this one in the, the win column for these scenes was the sheer length of... T- if you've ever seen a outside report on the news um, where they cut too early or too late to the reporter and they've got very awkward sort of they finish their report but they're still staring off into the camera they know the light's still on they know they're probably still on camera but they've got nothing to do that happens here in a scene which they could easily have edited yeah. there is a good it's only a second and a half but that's a lot yeah. in oh, television yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of Melissa Joan Hart she's said her joke that's it. She, she's done a little laugh. Yeah. She's got a smile on her face. She's got a hand on her hip. And it, it, and it, just, it just goes on for <laughs> yeah. far too long. There's a, there's a blink, isn't there, where she's like... It's, and but, then she kind of shifts to the side yeah. a bit as well, like, are you, are you finished, I, dude? It's... It's weird. <laughs> I think. I think. I think we all miss this. I think. I, I don't. My, for my recollection as well. After she said a joke, after she's done a laugh, after she's standing there and she's blinked, she does move her mouth as well, as in to be like, "All right, this smile. This smile fucking hurts now." And then realizes that she's still on camera, and then has to readjust the smile as well. It's, it's, oh. re- it's really funny. It's the best. Best opening to an episode yet. Because yeah. it's been funny and then awkward. <laughs> oh, it's really, really good. So we uh, open up in the school cafeteria and Jenny is struggling to get signatures for her adopt-a-grandparent scheme. Do you think it's clear that these adoptions are not legally binding? Sabrina asks. <laughs> um, I d- to be honest, I don't think it's clear exactly what the fuck it's about. Yeah, I think the problem... Well, I guess she's hoping that people will be like, adopt-a-grandparent, what's that about, Jenny? Well, I'll tell you. Buh, buh, buh. Oh, that's good, I'll sign up. But instead, people decided to talk to your own parent. Hmm? Ugh, I've, got, um, I've got my own to deal with. Teenagers, well, teenagers don't really care about old people, first first point. Second point, teenagers hate things that aren't immediately obvious to them. Yes. They don't want to be told how anything works. So, yeah, probably not really something which is going to capture the imagination of the uh, folks of uh, Westbridge High. Yeah, is, is, it, it, is it something you guys would have signed up for? Adopt a grandparent. Yeah. When I was 16, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you got to think. It's like adopt a dog. A dog's for, for life, not just for Christmas. It's the same as grandparents. Yeah. Grandparents for life, not just for Christmas. You just don't live as long as dogs. <laughs> I was hoping someone would make that joke. <laughs> anyway, Libby comes over. Maybe she's interested. Uh, but she's there just to inform the girls of her new community service. It's the Adopt a Life program, she says. Best burn yet. Uh, she calls Sabrina and Jenny a freak and frizzy freak, respectfully, and leaves. Not before Sabrina can change the colour of one of Libby's stockings as she leaves. Also, Libby's hair in this scene. Two big, like, sort of, like, strands hanging down and going around. She really did look like she had a lobster on her head. (laughs) (laughs) She is the last person who should be making fun of people's hair. Anyway. Jenny's Jenny's hair isn't even frizzy. 
It's curly. And she goes, yeah. these are curls, god damn it. These are curls, man. She doesn't say god damn it. She did inside. Um, Libby then walks to her friends to find out why they're not sitting down at their usual table. And it's because of some... <laughs> because of some getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Libby then walks to her friends to find out why they're not sitting down uh, at their usual table and it's because of some darn foreign exchange students isn't it racism one well no well no the racism comes from this next line where Libby just says deport them yeah Libby Trump here (laughs) in fact there's another bit of Libby Trump later on but we'll get to that but yeah, it's it's good to know that um, the ideologies of uh, of the standard American haven't changed since the uh, late nineties. Exactly, yeah. Well, at least it, they've been consistent, yeah, haven't they? At least his character is supposed to be a dickhead. Yeah, but yeah, it's just again, it's just these these darn exchange students. Like it's poor blokes. They're just having a chat in their lunch, and these snobby girls in awkward tights are trying to throw them off the table. Are they like the bloody Scooby gang? <laughs> I would have got away with it too if it weren't for these darn kids. <laughs> if it weren't for these darn foreign exchange students. Um, yeah, clearly. After Libby um, elects that uh, they deport them, which is pretty savage, her friends then notice her odd socks, causing Libby to literally think on her feet and demand <laughs> they go odd socks too. I need a trend and I need it now, she says. Meanwhile, Sabrina beckons Harvey over to sign up for the adopted grandparent scheme. He says he did it already, but has to do it a second time, only louder. He says that old people are so much fun, and sometimes they give you money. <laughs> much to Sabrina's horror. Well, yeah. that, that is very true. Every time I went around to my grandparents' house, they had, uh, they had bells next to the front door on a little ledge above a radiator. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we left, what we had to do was ring the bell, Okay. Yeah. And there was about six or seven of them. You pick a bell up, you ring it, and there could have been a pound underneath, and you had to find the pound. Ooh. So it's three kids, three pounds, seven bells. I thought you were going to say that um, it was it was like a, a crystal maze game where there was these six bells, and, and you had to ring it in a specific order, and if, if you did it, you got money. If you didn't, you nan said, oh, try again next week. Well, I, I thought you were going to say you picked up on the bells and went, Grandma, money, now! <laughs> <laughs> no, the... But we, my granddad used to own a shop, and we he used to we used to play Crystal Maze. He used to hide a scrunched up piece of paper somewhere in the store, That's cool. uh, and it used to like leave clues everywhere as well. So yeah, they were great grandparents when we were younger. Actually, yeah, Aww. yeah, great. That's a lovely little diversion there. Libby and her friends walk over, mocking a girl who has matching pair of socks. Yeah. That was just awful. I mean, the poor lass. She just, yeah. she was just having a standard day, wearing her grey socks, matching grey socks, yeah. taking a tray back to the lunch lady or man, I can't remember. And, and then, oh, look at her. She's wearing matching socks. It's horrible. And it was like, fucking hell, Libby. You only just came up with this idea. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. She's. It's all, it's all well and good turning a negative into a positive, but I t- I turning a negative into a positive and then being a twat is, <laughs> well, is, is horrible. They are the worst. We yeah. know that. I tell you what, though. Libby is really good at adapting to these sort of uh, spells Sabrina casts upon her. You know, she might be horrible, but, you know, like, gets turned into a geek, becomes queen of the geeks... Gets her socks not matching. Soon she's got the whole school doing it. Just, just, just pretty, uh, pretty adaptive. But that is a standard um, <clears throat> trend in uh, teenage movies. You look at Mean Girls, for example, 
and uh, Lindsay Lohan, can't remember character names, can I? Uh, cuts holes in uh, Rachel McAdams' t-shirt or oh, tank nice. top or anything over uh, her breastal region to expose her bra. Next day, everyone's doing it. Yep. So yep. it's it's a standard standard thing for teenage antics. Well, if, if the right person does it, everybody will copy it. Is yes. Yes. Thing, yeah. yeah. It's it's a way of bullies to stop themselves getting bullied yeah. by yeah. just adapting to this going you know what I meant this to happen yeah. blah 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 so, uh, so yeah so Libby um, yeah she might be a bitch but she's she's clever she's got a good noggin um, no 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 it's not a good noggin it's self preservation okay she's yeah. a good jam then. <laughs> <laughs> Libby's a good jam uh, we're at the Spellman's and Hilda is making her hair soup and apparently it tastes really wavy uh, Zelda is back from the bookstore with magazines for Hilda and Salem Hilda notices though that Zelda keeps smiling so after she literally twists her arm and Zelda pulls on Hilda's ear all magical of course uh, she confesses that she met a guy at the bookstore Chris what did you think to his pickup line you're a man who I guess a poetic uh, gentleman um, what did you think of his of his pickup line that he used to uh, to grasp Zelda's attention I, I think it was pretty standard to be honest with you uh, if you're in a bookstore and uh, you see an attractive young lady uh, you can always go over and mistaken her for an employee yeah. and ask for where the books are for books on meeting intelligent women. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so it, it was good. The thing that I had a problem with was Zelda not realising that that was a pickup line. She's over 600 years old. Get your head out your ass, yeah, Zelda. But I guess... I guess maybe she's not an intelligent woman. <laughs> she fell for that. <laughs> well, I mean, she's. We've we've already discussed this before a couple of times on the show about her not not like um, purposely seeking out love and romance. She she loves the ideas in her head more. So yeah. we've already discussed this when her and her I forget her name her old college friend from a couple of episodes back. I forget oh, his name now. Tuna Man. Yeah, Tuna Man. Yeah. Um, and she didn't realise that uh, he was playing footsie with her and he's been yeah. in love with her for all these years and she was completely oblivious to that. So it's nice consistency with the character, though, I think, being yeah. completely oblivious to love, however, always hoping for it yeah. in a way, but never finding it. Uh, she giggles and tells the pair that she gave him her number. Meanwhile, the soup is done and Hilda is appalled to find a hair in it. Uh, suddenly the phone rings and it's the bookshop Stud, who we learn uh, the name of is Rick. This handsome name, Rick, in the bookstore. Uh, Hilda keeps teasing Zelda, so she decides to turn the phone into a cordless one and leave the room. Sabrina comes downstairs and magics up a box of chewy caramels to take with her to the old folks' home. Chewy caramels to an old folks' home? Bad idea. Very bad idea. Dentures, man. False teeth. They're going to get stuck. Yeah, it's... If you're going to take anything, you take Werther's Originals or hard-boiled sweets. Something <laughs> that they can suck. hard-boiled eggs. Like, yeah. Them too. <laughs> yeah. They're soft. They can eat them. And they can suck them, I guess. Yeah. Oh, suck eggs. Teaching, <laughs> teaching Granny to suck eggs. Yeah. Um, it's an activity. Yeah. Or yoghurt. Sucking yoghurt. No, not sucking yoghurt. Take yoghurt to the old folks' <laughs> yeah. because they don't have to chew. Exactly. Okay. It's like you wouldn't take an apple, but you would take a banana. Yeah. yeah. Sabrina, Jenny and Harvey, meanwhile, arrive at the old folks' home. Harvey is excited to see these old folk because he says it's better than seeing his own grandparents because he doesn't have to take his earrings out. Which, again, uh, you, you can relate to. I yeah. mean, uh, as a kid, there were things that your grandparents wouldn't have been happy about. Such, for example, not myself, but a member of my family, has a tattoo, had to constantly cover it up every time we went round, because they would have been uh, 
disappointed. Yeah, that's oh. the word, isn't it? Dis- yeah. yeah. But I mean, this this adds another um, branch of the uh, the Kinkle family tree. Harvey's grandparents, again, that don't seem to have a great relationship with. <laughs> yeah, him. more people he can't be himself around. <laughs> great. It's awful, isn't it? I mean, I was I mentioned this to you guys when I was watching it. The when he says about um, I have to take my earrings out. Do you think it's just a presentation thing, or is it a oh you've got one of those earrings in? What are you, a gay? Um, I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's just tattoos and piercings sort of are... I mean, it's getting less and less the case now that people who you know, were around when it, it became part of youth culture are getting old. But certainly in the 90s, um, you know, you think about people who were sort of, you know, young in the 1930s, 1940s. You know, women had pierced ears, but aside from that, like tattoos and things, like, you know, that meant you were a... a a wrongan, a ruffian. Well, yeah. no, it, it stems from uh, from sailors. Sailors yeah. were 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 stereotypically tattooed. Yeah. But then once sailors left the navy of some variety, or pirates, things of that nature as well, we're going way back here. That's where it all started. Yeah. Getting inked, you were on the high seas, possibly a pirate. You'd get branded. Yeah. Mm. And that's where it stems from. So branding the skin with tattoos indicates. You is a pirate. And in Japan, even to this day, only the Yakuza have tattoos. Wow. So if you've got a tattoo, you're into some, uh, you know, some dodgy shit. So, wow, uh, I did yeah. not know that. That's cool. Yeah. Tattoo uh, history lesson there, Graham. Yeah. Thank you very much. And you as well, Chris. Fuck you, Yours is, Yeah, but I was going to come to you, so well, thank you for informing us of the Navy and the pirate's life. Um, anyway, they uh, arrive at the old people's home. Uh, they spread out, select their grandparents to adopt, and go about their activities. Sabrina has an awkward introduction to an old lady and takes a look through her scrapbook. But that's not before she just sits down and says, Hello, can you be my grandmother? Yes. And this woman, who you commented on the, the look of this woman... She's not very old. I mean, I think I realised as the episode went on, this isn't an old folks' home. It's a senior centre. It's somewhere for old people to go and just, just hang out, just hang out and chill. Um, but still, nonetheless, this this lady basically looked like a fifty-year-old woman with grey hair. Yeah, yeah. I'd also like to just say that when they enter and they all pick their grandparents, Jenny goes to the uh, the woman with the curly hair. Yeah, and Harvey goes to the man playing chess. Yes. Mm. Which speaks volumes. It does. He I mean, wishes he wishes to show his intellectual side. He wants to be that type of person, but his family are stopping him because they want him to be sporty. Yes. Also, whenever they're in this senior centre, the entertainer by Scott Joplin yeah. is playing it a menacingly slow pace <laughs> it's horrible isn't it it's all, it, makes, it gives the whole thing a very unnerving air it's, it's very similar to actually a film uh, we enjoyed The Cars That Ate Paris um, yes. where there's uh, again that's about a um, an Australian town and it's a bit cult like and a bit yeah. warped and there's the, the host like a senior um, mental patient ball don't they yeah and they play like, joke plays constantly yeah. very menacing very slow and on repeat and it, it's a little bit eerie and a bit yeah. creepy and, that, and that's, that's what came into bed as soon as this uh, scene started a bit yeah. a bit menacing this yeah. old these old tunes and things well if it was played at, played at its correct pace it's quite quite a jolly sort of jaunty thing but yeah. the fact that it was dun 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 
dun, made it all, all, all the more sort yeah. of like almost as if he could put lyrics to it like yeah will someone please kill me now <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the end of my life so just do it yeah <laughs> yeah menacing so yeah she, she sits down with uh, this old lady who she just very quickly calls Nana um, and she has this yeah awkward introduction with her and she takes a look through her scrapbook according to her new Nana she knows a whole range of uh, of the now celebrities Elijah Wood yep, uh, yep. Noah Wiley yep and Christian Slater wow <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Wood yeah he's still relevant he's he's Huge! I love yeah. Elijah Wood. Very, very good actor. He's got his own uh, music label now as well. He has, and yeah. he's bringing out a video game as well. Like yeah, a VR video game. So he's, he's, and of course he's. I love Elijah Wood. Very, very good actor. Is this? Would this be Flipper era Elijah Wood that she's referring to here? I believe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, like, yeah, the Lord of the Rings was like till two thousand one, two thousand one, something like yeah. that, and yeah. Um, Flipper was what I guess like 95 yeah, something something, like that. yeah so yeah more or less and yeah Christian Slater who is just Christian Slater yeah um, I mean well was this this was after Robin Hood Prince of Thieves as well yeah. wasn't it yeah oh yeah so yeah Christian Slater he's not strictly that so 90s but I think after the 90s no one cared for Christian Slater it's like Val Kilmer no one cared about Val Kilmer after the 90s no yeah he's just one of those guys who's just sort of maybe due to the kind of roles he played and age meaning he couldn't play them anymore and he didn't really sort of um, sort of adapt to his to his advancing years to play more mature roles and he just sort of yeah just sort of fell out of style I genuinely can't even name you a Christian Slater film other than Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where he's not even the main character. He's in, he's in Point Break, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is, Point yes, Break. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah he's yes, yeah, Christian Slayer. Let's please move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in walks Howard, uh, the school papers photographer, and an incredibly tall man who alarmed you, didn't he? My goodness me, Jenny is like below nipple height on him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, so big uh, big tall Howard walks in. Uh, he's disappointed about the crap turnout, um, and the only wish that if someone cool could come here and uh, interest all the other uh, students in the school, that would be fantastic. Uh, someone who the school could look up to. Sabrina suggests Libby as a joke, and Harvey reckons they can fake someone being here. You can't fake a person, Jenny says. Of course you can. My dad says Russia are on their third Boris Yeltsin, which actually is not implausible. No, no. He was just a. I mean, that's so nineties, I guess. But <laughs> just, guess, yeah. that's so nineties Russian president. Yeah, <laughs> the nineties Russian president after the fall of communist Russia. Yes, ah! yeah. and famous alcoholic <laughs> who yes. once made Bill Clinton absolutely lose his shit during a press conference. If you've ever seen that clip, <laughs> no, I can't remember the joke Boris Yeltsin tells, but. Slick Willy is helpless. Like, <laughs> like doubled over. Like very rarely see that like, in like stuffy political press conferences. It's fantastic. Today's meeting with President Bill Clinton was going to be a disaster. Так вот не первый раз я вам говорю, что вы провалились. Well, now for the first time, I can tell you that you're a disaster. <laughs>
Sabrina has an idea though. She leaves the room, goes into a Superman-like booth, and through gritted teeth transforms herself into Libby. She gets a photo taken at the home, gives a few quotes, mainly, old people are the coolest. And uh, yeah, everyone is delighted, especially Howard who says, oh my god, what a scoop! Fantastic. Uh, Libby leaves and Sabrina conveniently walks back in, gobsmacked that she missed Libby. Yeah. In really sort of hilarious fashion, she's just, no. <laughs> she no. wasn't, was she? No. It's, it's your typical sort of uh, Superman Clark Kent conundrum yeah. where, yeah. where Superman, it's like Clark Kent's there and he just, there's a, there's a car crash outside or something and he runs off and uh, Superman just walks back in and goes, hi everyone, I'm here to save you all, then buggers off. Then Clark Kent goes, hi guys, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one thing, I mean, going completely off topic, this one thing I was confused be about Superman is that, yeah, um, Clark Kent would disappear just in time for Superman to conveniently come out. Mm. When he returned, would people be like, fuck were you, Clark? <laughs> people have died and you ran off, you little pussy. Like, yeah. And after a while they would be like, say, Clark, you always seem to disappear just before Superman shows up. They might not necessarily think he's Superman, but what they may think is that he's causing the um, sort of yeah. <laughs> situations that require Superman to be there. That yeah. he's some sort of a supervillain. I like watching Superman with the um, with the impression that everyone knows he's Superman, and they're just annoyed that he's not just coming out and saying it. <laughs> they, they're just they're just amusing him. Just <laughs> yeah, that's right, Clark. You're okay. Yeah. You didn't see anything, did you, Clark? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they bitch about me and say, well, he just fucking admit he's Superman. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to say, Clark, you're Superman. I, I, want, I want him to do it. I want him to learn to tell the truth. <laughs> you should claim to have a bowel condition, really. Because, like, whenever somebody says, like, oh, God, God, God. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, IBS, God. IBS, <laughs> IBS. Yeah. Oh, my God, aliens are invading. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Shitting myself. <laughs> now that is a Superman film I'd want to see. <laughs> Can you imagine if, I, I, you know, that I'd like to see a comedic uh, superhero film where the, the the alter ego of the superhero constantly makes excuses like that yeah. as to why they have to leave. Yeah. Well, so that's who would be from the planet Crackton. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what you sound like, Phil. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I hate myself. <laughs> again, uh, again, just teaching you a lesson. <laughs> uh, we're back in school and Jenny is sprinting to Sabrina with the newspaper because the senior centre photo made the front page. Bizarre. And it it's seems... a slow day for the press. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and it seems that Libby has seen it too because she screams, insisting that she's been framed. They've put my face on someone else's body. And not a very good one, she says. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, joke's on you. Harvey's confused why Libby can't remember what she did. Sabrina suggests that she's got multiple personalities and they finally met the nice one. Now Harvey thinks she's mental. Yeah. Because he, like, the camera sort of stays on him a little bit and he's kind of thinking, like, wow, Libby is insane. <laughs> like, I know it's just Sabrina's finding a way, oh, don't worry about it, but it, that's that kind of something else that could have really serious consequences if yeah. people knew that Libby was schizophrenic or 
Uh, we're in Mr. Pool's class. Hooray! It's been a Mr. while. Mr. Pool! And today uh, we're going to be studying sight. And there's more to this subject than meets the eye. What a bloke. Uh, still reeling from his gag, which I think is funnier than the joke. He's got... Uh, yeah, <laughs> just entertaining himself. Uh, Libby interrupts because she wants to make an announcement regarding the front page of the paper. But Mr. Pill cuts her off because he's so proud to have three outstanding citizens in his class. Libby, Harvey, Jenny, you are the hope of America. Now, as a teacher, I would never do that. Do I really want to single out individual students that did well? No. Do I want to single out individual students that did poorly? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. It's a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, so Libby, Harvey, Jenny, you are the hope of America. Now let's hear it for these everyday heroes. <laughs> they start clapping. Um, Libby uh, suddenly changed the tune, decides not to say anything. Sabrina stands up and announces that they're going back there today if you want to join us. Us, Libby says. I don't recall seeing you there, Sabrina. So there, what a bitch, she's playing yeah. up to this thing she didn't do, but I guess the joke is on Sabrina if you're trying to go to... She didn't try to frame Libby in a way, she's no. just trying to do a good thing, but it's uh, bison her on the, on the ass. Um, back at the Spellman's, and it seems Hilda's hair soup spell has kicked in. She's now got shoulder-length hair and mutton chops. Um, who does Elder make a reference to? She makes a reference to Greg Ullman, which... Um... Tenuous link to Melissa Joan Hart being named after an Allman Brothers song. To us Brits, she probably, the more uh, sort of um, obvious comparison would be Noddy Holder <laughs> yes, in the same yeah. time period. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what she looked like. Um, so yes, as Zelda comes home after her date with Rick, obviously Rick the guy that she met in the bookstore, Zelda keeps saying that Rick keeps talking about things that make her feel really, really old. He keeps saying how he can't wait for the turn of the century. Big deal, she says. I've done it five times. It's always the same, Hilda says. I've partied like it's 1699, 1799 and 1899. This time, I'm staying at home. Back at the old folks' home, and Nana is handing Sabrina some fudge that apparently Pete Sampras sent her, as well as some turtles, which is a bit strange, that Leonardo DiCaprio sent her. Uh, not Chris O'Donnell, as Sabrina incorrectly suggests. These names are just astounding. Um, just then, Libby's friends are about to leave because Libby has no showed. So in an effort to keep them there, she runs out and changes into Libby again. She waves at Jenny and sits down to talk with Nana. Um, we now cut to Harvey, who is playing a game of chess with Mr. Berry, who has beaten him ten times in a row, but seemingly throws the game just so Harvey can win at least once. So at this time we might as well sort of uh, go into details of these two old people that are uh, stealing the show as it will. So first of all we'll go to Nana first of all. Yeah, Nana's the one that there's less sort of notable um, facts about. Um, I mean, her name's Karen Morrow. Uh, this was her last role on, on TV. Most of her career has been on Broadway and most of it was in the, the 60s and 70s. Um, she was apparently, you said, mostly in flops, like mostly things that didn't last very long on Broadway. Yeah, apparently she did well in them, but yeah, they lasted weeks, a month at most, and then she, it was a, a while before she did anything else then. But the, the, the more notable uh, guest star here is uh, Mr. Berry, uh, who is Alan Young, who sadly passed away uh, last year, but at the age of 96, wow. so uh, he had a good innings. So he's best known as playing the human uh, accomplice to uh, Mr. Ed, which was a very, very well-known and successful uh, 1960s kids' TV series. Um, we've had 
somebody from Surfside 6, we've had somebody who starred in numerous puppet shows in the 60s. It's almost as if the people who made this show were children during the 60s, yes. isn't it? Um, <laughs> Definitely. But after Mr. Ed, he uh, became a very um, prolific and well-known voice actor. His best-known role being Scrooge McDuck, who he played for 30 years from the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah, even up until... I think he re-voiced some lines in when they re-released the DuckTales remaster game on the PS3 a couple yeah. of years ago. He re-voiced his lines for that even up until, yeah, only a few years ago. Well done, Mr. Young. Yeah, well done. I see if David Tennant can do any better, though. Yeah. See if he's taking over Scrooge McDuck now. Uh, but yeah, there we go. So that is uh, Alan Young playing Mr. Berry and uh, Karen Morrow playing Nana. Um, so Mr. Berry has beaten uh, Harvey ten times already, but throws this game to give Harvey at least one up. Harvey heads out to get Libby or... You know, Libby Sabrina. This is when it gets a bit complicated. Have we got? A, can we give a code name to Libby Sabrina? Labrina. <laughs> Labrina. Okay, we've got Labrina and a legit oh. Libby. Sibs. <laughs> Sibs. <laughs> Sibs and Libs. Okay, right. Um, so he heads out to get uh, to get Sibs a can of ginger ale, only for the Gillette. Uh, the, li- the Gillette, I nearly said that. Gillette! <laughs> 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 no, I'm just going to say Libby Sabrina. He heads out to get Libby slash Sabrina a can of ginger ale, only for the legit Libby to walk by, disgusted by the ginger ale, because that's not what she drinks. She only drinks diet. Harvey gets pushed aside, and legit Libby tries to buy her own soda instead. Harvey gets all aggressive at fake Libby because she is wondering where her drink is. You called it a freak drink! Harvey actually shouts at her. Um, I wouldn't say that, Sabrina, Libby says. Wait, yes I would. So she runs out, catches legit Libby in the hallway, kicking the shit out of a drinks machine, and scuttles sideways into the Superman booth, pushes an old man out, and changes back into herself. Um, Yeah, this poor bloke. He was just yeah. using the phone and then he, he, was, he gives up so easily. No, no, he was using... You can only assume he was using that phone to call his grandchildren. <laughs> and Sabrina took that time away from him. Who knows how long he had left? He was never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He was just telling his wife and uh, his grandchildren how much he loved them. And yeah, and then he probably died after that. Poor bloke. So yeah, she's kicking the shit out of the soda machine. Uh, Sabrina actually pops out as herself again. Both Sabrina and Libby walk into the old folks' lounge. Libby obviously confused at why nobody's saying hi to her and why an old lady's calling her over. But she goes along with it because she goes, well, I guess this woman knows me. Uh, Jenny can't believe how well it's going and is overjoyed about how Libby waved at her and treated her nicely, like a human, she says. Oh. And it feels really bad at this because Sabrina's not doing this to misguide... Well, misguide, obviously, to act as if Libby's here, but she's not done it vindictively or to make Libby a joke no. but one of the heartbreaking things taken away from this is how thrilled Jenny is at not being treated like a freak by Libby but it's not Libby yeah and I mean it also goes to show that like you know Jenny sort of you know from what well, we've not seen it too often but like when she's there you know she's clearly very proud of sort of claims to be proud of being considered a freak and being an outcast and things and you know she's very sort of scathing towards you know, Libby and the popular kids, like, who'd, who'd want to be friends with them, you know, who'd, who'd want them to like you because they're horrible and everything. But it just goes to show that, like, if Libby were to be nice to her, as she is in Sabrina form, it would mean the world to her. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was quite sad. And also the fact that it was, it was empty because it wasn't really Libby. Yeah, it goes, it goes back to that, you know, all everyone wants is the popular kid to accept them in a way. And even though... No, 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 no. 
All anyone wants is to just be accepted, regardless of whether they're popular or unpopular. Yeah, as long the, as you're being accepted, it's you know. Yeah, but all people pop- want is for people to be nice to them. Yeah, <laughs> but, not, but have, not yeah. have that one person who's always a dick to you. Exactly. In, in this, and, in this and, high school situation, though, we're having the stamp of approval by someone. I don't that, think. That, that, no that's a, bullshit. I no, don't, I don't think. To, I don't think to Jenny it would matter. Like, I, but he clearly does hear. No, no, not because Libby's popular, just because Libby's always horrible to her, and that's not nice. And to have Libby be like, "Hey, how are you?" Then that's like, oh. yeah, it's 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 that it's you're meant to treat people how you want to be treated. So yeah. if Jenny were to actually treat Libby how Libby treated Jenny, then there'd be a bloody war. But instead, Jenny just sort of sits back and sort of allows it to happen because she knows that if she reacts she's no better than she is yeah. therefore it's not a popular person's seal of approval it's the fact that actually if I don't go to her level then maybe maybe I'll be better than she is do unto others folks yes Again, Jenny can't believe how well uh, it's going and how nicely she's been treated. Uh, Libby is bonding very well with Nana and her celeb stories, so much so that she claims her as her own and shoes Sabrina away. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, this is the first time Sabrina, I believe, has used magic to help others and gets hurt in the process about something which means so much to her. She campaigned alongside Jenny to get this grandparent scheme working and she's put loads of effort into this and she's well, not enjoying it, just because her favourite old woman doesn't want her anymore. Yeah. So, that's harsh. She doesn't have much luck with grandparents, does she? No, she really doesn't. Yeah. One of dead. <laughs> and, and this one's been stolen. So, uh... <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, again, we'll not mention stolen grandparents, yeah. Graham. It's very upsetting. Uh, back at the Spellmans, and Hilda now has a full-grown beard, which kind of suits her in a feminine Richard Branson kind of way. Sabina tells Hilda about what's going on, with Hilda stroking her beard the entire time. Yes. Which is a very quick scene. It's just that, yeah, with with beard comes wisdom, I guess. After that little scene, we cut back to the old folks' home, and Libby seems to have gone there by her own accord, sparking a jealous Sabrina, who was taken to chatting to an asleep or dead old lady. Over at the other side, Harvey is learning about the Great Depression, seemingly enjoying the story and the time period, surprised at why it was called the Great Depression. (laughs) I don't know why you call it the Depression. Oh, Mr. Berry, you make it sound so much fun. Why was it called the Depression? (laughs) It was called the Bloody Depression because people were fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that and but yeah, I guess Mr. Berry's telling it in in a light-hearted way. Yeah, people literally threw themselves out of buildings when it happened. And Harvey's like, "That sounds so cool." Yeah, at least it means that anything sad and depressing sounds fun to Harvey. Maybe it's a deeper meaning going into it, or or maybe if you look at the past in a negative light you're always going to see it negatively. If you focus on the positives, you'll lead a happier life. Or Mr. Berry bought shares in road sweepers. (laughs) (laughs) So he had a great time with the depression. Yeah, yeah, maybe he was a mortician. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, 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 he just operated a street sweeper and just scoots up all the bodies from the pavements yeah. maybe mm. um, so yeah so he says the Great Depression sounds like loads of fun Libby is also having a great time asking about Nana's relationship with Ethan Hawke I think this is the last of celebrity names we get Keanu Reeves mentioned very very briefly but uh, Johnny Depp was Johnny mentioned Depp. Briefly. Yeah, there a little more well Johnny Depp's certainly timeless and Keanu Reeves still has some cachet today yeah. but yeah in terms of Ethan Hawke uh, Christian Slater Chris O'Donnell um, cumulatively <laughs> All these names are this week's That's So 90s. 90s. 
Yeah, this, there isn't much to say of them. It's just that <laughs> just, these were some of the biggest stars of the 1990s, maybe branching into you know, early 2000s, and where are they now? Yeah, the names have not endured. For the no. no. Can we think of any other names that were big in that time? That no, that, that that's the whole reason for this. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. The past is behind us, and so are these faces. They're all the kind of people where you need to hear their name to remember they exist. So we can't think of them off the top of our heads. Yeah. Uh... The kind of actors who the only way you'd mention them is in a cutaway gag in like Family Guy or something. Yeah. Exactly. yeah it's... Well, well, obviously Ethan Hawke has worked since then. He's had quite a few films come out. But yes. Was... Yeah. But the the Chris O'Donnell. Oh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. No, but in fairness, the Ethan Hawke movies tend to be a little bit, you know, subpar. Since, what is it, Gattaca? Is oh, that the no. one? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I could name you a couple of films. Obviously, the uh, the um, Before series is always good. But other than that, oh, uh, Boyhood. Boyhood was good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Gattaca was good. I was thinking of Gothica. <laughs> I was like, oh god. I was like, no, actually, you're <laughs> But Christian Slater, man, fucking hell, yeah, like, he's. He is gone. He is. I mean, he's still around, he's still making movies, but. Is like, he? Yes, but straight to DVD ones. I don't think he's been in anything big. He's kind of got. His face looks like he was like a Jack Nicholson impersonator. I was going to say, he's come to resemble Jack Nicholson more and more as he's got older, but without his acting talent or success. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And money. So, yeah, those collection of uh, 90s renegades are this week's uh, That's So 90s. Isn't Chris O'Donnell in one of the NCIS or CSI things? I think Yeah, there you go. Chris O'Donnell, movie star to TV series. There you go. And not the cool arty TV that all the Hollywood actors want to be in now. No. CIS. Yeah. Or CSI. I mean, still... still, One of the crime scenes. Still some of of the big most watched shows in the world, like NCIS is huge, but people aren't watching it because... Now Robin's in it. So, what uh, Christian Slater? What the fuck's he doing now? Is there a little sub feature called "What's Christian Slater doing now"? We might chase it up each week. <laughs> hopefully, we'll, hopefully, we'll get him on the show at some point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that desperate. Uh, Christian Slater. He was in two episodes of Jeff and Some Aliens. Fabulous. Mr. Robot. Oh, that was a TV series. Hot Tub Time Machine 2 it, as an uncredited game, game show. show. <laughs> oh, oh, oh shit. This is making me very sad. <laughs> it, was in, oh. it was in Nymphomania. Volumes 1 and 2. Okay. Uh, uh, what's it? Star- Starsguard was in that. Yeah. Lars von Trier, isn't it? And Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, LaBeouf was in that, yeah. Okay, he's got some. He's at the front of the DVD. Oh, here we go. 2013, we're in now. Stranded, playing Gerard. Gerard. Uh, Assassin's Run. Guns, Girls and Gambling. Of course. What was the last notable film he was in? This may take a while. Alone in the Dark. Oh, shit. Oh, I remember that. That, With, um... Yeah. Tara Tara Reid. That's it, yeah. There you go. So you can clearly see the calibre of acting he's going with. Um, My God, we're going to early 2000s. Three episodes of West Wing. He played Christian Slater in Zoolander in 2001. <laughs> well, somebody's famous enough to make a cameo as himself, and everybody was like, "Hey!" So yeah, well, that's da- how- David Bowie made a cameo in Zoolander as himself. I know, but I mean, like, something like, but Christian Slater could do that in the same way David Bowie could in 2001. So fucking hell! Oh wow! Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. So this is the 1997 one as easily fooled security guard. <laughs> now, I remember this scene. Hi, folks. You're running a restricted zone. I'm gonna have to see some identification, please. Sure. 
some sort of uh, problem. Everything seems to be in order. Everything seems to be in order. I'm going to go across the street and get you some orange sherbet. I'm going to go across the street and get you some orange sherbet. Here, have a piece of gum. Here, have a piece of gum. Don't mind if I do. So, 1997, he made a ridiculous cameo in Austin Powers. It was uncredited. But that's pro- it was probably supposed to be, ha, that's Christian Slater, he's famous back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Broken Arrow. Uh, that is actually uh, a big film. Yeah, a big John Travolta, film. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Broken Arrow is the film about uh, a missing nuclear warhead. Yeah. Right. So, so it looks like the, the last <laughs> interview with a vampire. So you have to go back a good 20 years. You have then. to go to before this episode aired. <laughs> <laughs> When Christian Slater was last really popular. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. R.I.P. Christian Slater's career. So Sabrina storms off because she's bored and that the only time her grandparent was awake was to tell her how foreigners are ruining this country. Racism too, people! Yeah, sheesh. Uh, so Libby rubs it in that her and Nana are having an absolute blast. So in a fit of rage, she changes Libby's socks back to the same colour. Ha! She says. <laughs> she says it in like a way where she knows it means nothing. <laughs> yeah. uh, back at the Spellmans and Zeus, uh, sorry, Hilda, is signing for some flowers for Zelda, uh, who's still concerned about her relationship with a younger man. She's uh, basically any sort of like father time type figure. You know, Michael Gambon as Dumbledore or... Uh, Sir Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Or... Legendary music producer Rick Rubin. <laughs> That's more accurate. She definitely, she's definitely got some Rick Rubin about her. Um, so, yeah, so they're talking about uh, Zelda, still concerned about her relationship with the younger uh, Rick. Uh, you're only as old as you feel, Hilda says. I'm 612. Do I look it? Zelda rethinks her problem and goes to call the young lad, but not before embracing Hilda and getting her beard trapped in her cardigan button. Um, was that legit? Do you think that happened by accident, or that was written in? I'm that sure, was. I'm sure it was written in. It was funny yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. uh, back in Mr. Pill's class, and they're learning about ears now. But the lesson is cut short because everyone is playing Chinese whispers. Now the whole class knows that Libby is going to meet Ethan Hawke. You do a good deed, and you get a little back, Libby says. Which causes Sabrina to laugh maniacally, incredibly loudly. Like it's... <laughs> and it's so out of character. In similar ways when she said to that said to Harvey that playing the bassoon was sexy. It's, yeah, it's, it's very out of character. It's, it's very fun. But, but she's sort of being driven to sort of almost into the Libby role by yeah. the fact that everyone thinks Libby's done this good thing. And yeah. You know what I was just thinking, it. chaps? What? That out of all of the names on, on the famous people list... Ethan Hawke could have very well have made a cameo. <laughs> I was expecting he would. Well, Christian Slater could have done as well, I guess. And also, they get some pretty high-profile guest stars in, in this as well, so if yeah. Ethan Hawke was, was a deal at the time, yeah, he could have popped in. Just yeah. to, you know, if it, it, he, he might have... The, the, the reason why his name was in there, he might have been on like the, the one set over filming something or other on, yeah. the, on the lot, yeah. so it could have... I expected him to be at the end, right, right yeah. at the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, you think that this is just a batty old lady who claims she knows celebrities, but actually... She does. She does, yeah. And it's Ethan Hawke. Uh, the class is over, and Libby asks Sabrina why she was laughing at her. Listen, Sabrina, I've laughed at enough people to know when people are laughing at me. <laughs> at least she knows the difference. <laughs> yeah, at least she knows. Uh, Sabrina tells her that Nana is whacked. 
is the actual word she uses, uh, that she's completely bonkers and a scrapbook is just made up of magazine cutouts. Libby is gutted that all the time spent with Nana was a complete waste of time. Listen, Sabrina says, you made an old woman happy. Oh, please, if I could sue, I would. <laughs> Welcome to America. Uh, Libby starts getting worked up because she'll be humiliated as everyone thinks she's going to meet Ethan Hawke. I'm going to head to the senior centre right now and rip Nana a new Afghan. Jesus. Jesus. Um, so Libby storms to the old folks' home, <laughs> whacks an old man <laughs> with the door on the way in. Boy, does she. Yeah. Uh, she calls <laughs> Nana a sad, pathetic old woman and leaves. Fucking hell. I mean, luckily, this was Sabrina dressed as Nana, but, God, if that wasn't, what would that do to you? If, if, if this girl you've, you're sharing your life... If, it could be lies, but she's sharing her life, she's opening up, she's communicating with this young teenager who seems interested, and she just calls her a sad, pathetic old woman. At the end of the day, chaps, Yay! this... For fuck's sake. This, this, is, this is Libby down to a T. She doesn't care about anyone else. She will literally have a go at you any time that you do her wrong, air quotes, even though this is just a, a, a lovely... Slightly senile, elderly lady who wishes to make her life a little bit more exciting by making up stories. But when you think about it, that's what we all do. No one is able to tell a story verbatim. They'll always exaggerate somehow. Maybe she did half meet these celebrities by waiting in line or seeing seeing them at a, uh, at a conference or something. And she just decided, you know what, I'm going to turn this to make my life and me feel better. I mean, we don't know Nana's backstory. She could have been she could have been a Hollywood actress. Could have. She could have worked with all these guys. She could have. She could have played the mother of them all. Could have. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If one of us came in and I was like, hey, look look, look at these um, ornamental um, clothes pegs. You know, these really nicely decorated clothes pegs. Gerard Butler sent them to me. You'd be like, fuck off. No, we didn't. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, we didn't. So, <laughs> what if you had said Harrison Ford is slightly more believable because he used to be a carpenter? Yes. Yeah, he, he dropped them out of his plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I haven't mentioned this yet, but the adopt a grandparent scheme is actually really a really pleasant thing to do and really nice. And yeah. what you're actually seeing uh, now uh, that started is this sort of crossover of old people's homes and nurseries. So, um, they've oh, got... Oh, it's on TV, yeah. Well, it, it started way before that, but they've yeah. now put it on TV. Yeah. Uh, of having uh, nursery little kids, so toddlers, uh, ranging from the ages of uh, two to five, going into old people's homes uh, and just spending time with, with elderly people. It's cute, and isn't it? It's not only cute, but it's actually proven uh, psychologically to... As, uh, reduce the reduce the risk of like dementia and Alzheimer's and keep them keep uh, elderly people more active and entertained and they get to share stories and and be with the with the young people and feel reinvigorated in life. Yeah, it's actually really sweet and really kind and something that I think we all need to do. So if you're listening out there, give your grandparents a call, go see them, spend a little bit of time with them. And they give you money sometimes. And they give you money. <laughs> um, so yeah, so after calling a Nana a sad, pathetic old woman, um, luckily, as I said, this was Sabrina in disguise, thrilled at how angry she got, and transforms back to herself in yet another staggering display of magic. By God, it's amazing. Yeah, it's... they have outdone themselves again. I cannot, we cannot overstate just how. Yeah, just 
better than it needs to be, these effects are here in the late 90s. Yeah, and again, like we've, we've said this so many times, they, they make the magic harder for themselves. She could have just gone in the booth as Nana, come out as Sabrina, but no, she jumps in the air and transforms back into herself, just yeah. right in front of the camera. They're, they're showing off, is what they're doing. Yeah, they are. They're, it's getting a little, little big-headed, isn't it? But yeah. I absolutely love it. And this is only season one, 1997. My God, what's it going to look like in seven years' time? Anyway, so Nana walks back around the corner after enjoying her walk. Uh, after a little dance, in walks Nana, and the two of them go and watch a movie together, starring one of her friends, she says. Uh, Sabrina heads back home, noticing that Hilda has shaved her beard off. She says the upkeep was too much, and that the weirdest guys kept hitting on her. Who? Gay guys. <laughs> <laughs> we hear Zelda's voice in the living room, and Hilda tells her she's with Rick. The younger guy is back in the picture, she says. Sabrina barges in to catch the young scamp, and it's only Mr. Berry, the young 80-year-old bloke from the care home. Uh, Sabrina heads upstairs to see a distressed Salem who has eaten too much soup and can't stop growing hair. Too much soup, he says. Groom me. Groom me, he says. <laughs> Any episode with Salem crying in it. Not that I revel in his misery, but that Nick Mackay. <laughs> it's I just a little think, cough, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it will ever stop being amusing. So I'm pleased they always find a way to include it. Yeah. And it's cool as well, like we see Zelda's um, sort of living. We, this is a few times we've seen a little bit of love blossom between Zelda, whether this will last a bit longer. but The dude's 80. The dude's 80. Still young, though. She's 600. He, well, he, he, won't, he won't live. He's a toy boy. <laughs> he, won't, he, won't, he won't continue living um, you know, into um, his second century in the way no. that... Oh, he very nearly did in real life, of course. Yeah. Um, in the way that... Um, and the way that she does so. Yeah. So, so that's cool. So the uh, that's the end of the main episode. The credits roll, and Hilda is asking Zelda whether she ate the last of the tuna casserole from the fridge, concerned because she threw in the last of the soup into the mix. They think it's Salem. However, in walks Leonardo da Vinci, sorry, Sabrina, sporting a trendy beard and no doubt fishy breath. Yeah. She runs off, I suppose, to go and shave it off. Probably. Going into school with a beard. Not the best look for oh, a girl, no. really. No. You know. What do you think she would have been more happy with uh, the warts on her head from an episode ago or a beard warts are a natural part of life beards on women not so much so that's the end of episode 18 boys sweet charity what did we think of it Graham first of all was it a sweet episode for you I think it was a sweet episode I, th I thought it was you know very sort of uh, interesting to see a lot of Libby she was almost the star of this episode in a way um, she's a very exasperating character we don't like her but neither are we meant to but I'm always interested to sort of see what makes her tick because we've speculated about it a lot you know um, and so any sort of like exploration to Libby's character is always uh, is always interesting. I thought the two uh, older actors um, both played their parts very well, were very amusing, and I like that Sabrina was really a good egg in this episode. Yes, really, she was. really trying to do the right thing, which is always is always nice. Yes, uh, yeah. Chris, what do you think? Did you think it was a good episode as well? I I'd say it was a standard episode. I think I it was. It, 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 it hit the points it needed to hit. Uh, the focus, as you said, it was on Libby, not Sabrina. But then again, it was on Sabrina for doing the, a, a good thing, a nice thing, and doing an essential, essentially a, a selfless act. Yes. Which, uh, which she then later on hated the fact that she wasn't getting praised for. <laughs> so it was just, it's a catch twenty-two. What are you gonna do, you know? But the introdu the, the introduction of the the elder characters were was quite entertaining and of course 
the the side story of uh, growing facial hair yeah. was a uh, was a wonderful little uh, knock to to everything as well. And let's not forget Salem Sanger's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yes, yes, right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I would like to say this. I mean, Zelda. Yeah, six hundred and twelve. I mean, if you don't know what you want from a man when you're six hundred and twelve, I mean, what hope is there for you? Just just focus on your on your on your learning, your education and your intellect. You don't need no man. You is a strong, independent woman. Yeah, I agree with you both. I think it's a very a good standard episode, I think. Great display of magic, good characters, nice growth of Sabrina as a character. Um, I think going back to a point we said uh, a while ago I think if Ethan Hawke appeared at the end I think that would give it an extra mark I think in my books I think just it it sounded like they were building up towards even just five seconds at the end of the episode that would have been great I think Um, but no overall yeah an enjoyable episode I think Um, but it's no good just saying it was an enjoyable episode we need a score on the man for that it's Mr Chris Evans he is our rank master every week he sets the bar of what our episode is going to be ranked as Chris episode 18 sweet charity what do you give him Uh, I'd give this episode five uh, puns from Mr Poole five puns for Mr Poole exactly he had a couple of jokes there so five puns out of Mr Poole uh, Graham disagree or agree um, it wasn't as good as a Mr Poole pun this episode but nonetheless I did enjoy it I'd give it six puns yeah and I would agree I think I six is a good episode I think it was better than an average episode and it was just a nice enjoyable standard episode nothing pissed me off in it and you didn't raise your voice once Chris I didn't get angry you didn't get angry oh, this is the first episode Chris hasn't lost his mind over something Wow, that just shows how standard this episode was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing for me to get angry about. Now, uh, we'll go- I'm angry that there was nothing for me to be angry about. <laughs> now, something which uh, is completely out of the ordinary is our next episode, episode 19. It's got a very interesting title, boys. I'd like, I can't wait to hear what you uh, think it's going to be about. Um, episode 19 is called Cat Showdown. Uh, Graham, I'll go to you first. Cat Showdown, what the hell do you think it's about? So Salem, obviously, uh, maybe has a a rival cat, another, maybe another sort of a transform uh, witch, maybe maybe an old enemy from his uh, his world domination days, maybe a rival supervillain, and they they meet again as cats. That's that's my guess. Okay. Uh, Chris, any difference? To be perfectly honest with you, I just want, as soon as Cat Showdown, I've got an image of uh, Salem with a sombrero on, right? uh, a holster with a gun <laughs> around him, uh, and just facing off against uh, another cat with a sombrero and a holster. Don't know why, just that that's what I've got in my mind. So you think it's about Salem and a load of cats having like a Mexican standoff? Yes! Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen Salem with a sombrero me when we had the, the Mexican party? Oh yeah. And he went, ay ay yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, I, I want to see a, a cat Mexican standoff. Yeah, unfortunately, there is no cowboys, Indians, or you know, Mexican standoffs or uh, rival cats as such in this oh. episode. To a good degree, there is. Cat showdown. Sabrina blows her allowance, and Salem maxes out his credit card. So they both enter a cat competition to take home the prize money. Hilarity ensues. Indeed. <laughs> and this is a good episode. We get a lot of Salem in this one, and you know how much we do enjoy uh, Nick Bakai in our episodes of Sabrina. So this is an episode I'm very much looking forward to talking about. So, and hopefully you can't wait to listen to it, as that will be our next episode. So hopefully you will join us for then. No doubt you will, of course, because it's a great show. Uh, my name is uh, Phil. Thank you very much for joining us this week. I'd like to say a big thank you to Graham Riley to my left. Don't let your grandparents get put on bricks. 
<laughs> no, very uh, important words there. And Chris to my right, thank you, Chris. I didn't get angry. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at SabrinaWatch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be Be magic. magic.